Crosstalk. Check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by A Number One Air, the official HVAC and electric partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com. Make your crypto play today. The National Medal of Honor Museum. Join the mission at mohmuseum.org. Buffalo Wild Wings. And by SWBC Mortgage. Customized solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Welcome to Cowboys Crosstalk. I'm Bobby Belt from 105.3 The Fan. We've got Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Joined, as always, by three-time Super Bowl champion and six-time Pro Bowler, hey, hey, Nate hey. Newton. Yay, hey. There, he is there. <laughs> He's excited. And our Cowboys legend this evening is also a UTEP minor legend. It is former Pro Bowler, former second-team All-Pro, Tony Tolbert. Tony how, how T, what's up, baby? What's up, brother? How are you, you doing? I need a little bit more energy just based off of what Nate was doing <laughs> yeah. a moment ago. I need a little bit more from I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> he, he's bringing us up. Now, I know, uh, Nate, you've said before that that this man right here is is one of the guys who is really involved in helping you develop some yes. really good work habits yes. early on. Yes, Tony Tolbert, man. Uh, Charles came to me. Tony was always a workhorse. You know, he came mm-hmm. in from uh, UTEP. He was wearing 198 pounds and uh, – <laughs> Is I got the weight right? All right. Yeah. All right. You know, he was wearing about about 245, and they brought him in as a defensive end, so he had to gain about 25, 30 pounds. And, uh, but he's always been a guy that worked, watched what he had, and did what he had to do. But then when Charles Haley came in, they double-teamed me, and we used to come back after practice, and we would all work out, the stair-stepper, just all different type machines to get the cardio up. And, you know, very little lifting for Charles, but a lot for me and Tobit. Yes, yes, yeah. he, he's, he's right about that. Uh, the big thing we wanted to do is uh, not let Nate slip. And what <laughs> I mean by slip, you know, not get heavier. And um, we wanted to make sure that, you know, we were behind him, uh, trying to be positive reinforcements yeah, for him and stuff like that. And push him. And push him. <laughs> and keep pushing him until he figured it out. Yeah. How big was the stair stepper that, that Nate was having yeah. to stay on yeah, at that it point? Was, it was, was pretty about big. Like, about like this, it was the steps about like that. The, yeah. the steps were yeah. each of these tables. Yeah, so boom, boom. Yeah, man. But, yes. you know, they kept you off the asthma field. Yeah, that's they, what's uh, important, that's right? That's what's important, they Kept man. you off the asthma field. Now, we mentioned there in your bio, former Pro Bowler. Really quickly, uh, I know we want to kick things off tonight. Uh, Kyle, we had at 7 o'clock tonight the NFL announced Pro Bowlers. And how many did the Dallas Cowboys score? So starting things off, they have seven. Seven wow. total Pro Bowlers. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Deron Bland, Zach Martin, Micah Parsons, Brandon Aubrey, and Brian Anger. So well, both cool. the kicker and the punter yeah. get in. And then yes. really no surprise anywhere else. Great yeah. seasons for Dak and for CD. Right. Zach Martin is a perennial Pro Bowler. And then right. you've got Deron Bland breaking NFL history yeah. uh, with the five pick sixes, eight interceptions this year. Uh, it's And then Micah Parsons, of course, on the defensive side. Yeah. So great seven uh, for Pro Bowl so far, and it's not over yet. They can add some more along sure, the way. Sure, absolutely. And, and I, I want to get you all's thoughts first off here because what stands out to me there is two potential snubs we might be talking about. Mm-hmm. I hear no Tyron Smith. I hear no Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith, I thought, has been really, really good this year. I thought he's been their most consistent offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. A- any issues with those two being left off here? Uh, well, I, I think Tyler Smith should be on there. Uh, Tyron, when you miss a, a amount of time, a certain amount of time, Guys aren't going to put you on there because of the amount of time you miss. 
but the young man, uh, 73, he, he, he deserved to be on there. Absolutely. Nate? Yeah, he's there, there to be on there, and I agree 100% what Tony said about our left tackle, our perennial left tackle. Yeah, and it's something where, you know, I, I know there's going to be some some complaints about the, the Tyler Smith issue and the Tyron Smith thing, but like you say, the, the injury – the injury history with Tyron Smith and some of the time that he's missed here. I'm curious for you guys, There's there's been an adjustment this year with Tyron Smith to his practice schedule where he's kind of get those Wednesday rest days. Sometimes he'll get Wednesday and Thursday. Did you guys ever have somebody that you guys played with or anything, <laughs> this guy right here, that, that you his felt like? last two years in the league, you, they you, finally figured it out for him. That you yeah. felt you had to stagger the practice schedule a little bit. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I think I practiced, what, just Thursday? Yes. Um, and maybe – Shoot, maybe even Friday sometime. Um, it, it was just, uh, you know, at the time I had bad knees and things like that, and they would swell up. So they were like, you know what, let's save the reps from practice and, you know, give them a chance to play uh, the whole game. And, and yeah. they, they did a pretty good job of taking care of me near the end of my career. Do you think that helped preserve you a little bit, helped get you to that no, Pro Bowl in 96? <laughs> I was already done. <laughs> so, so the thir- I was already broke up. The, the Thursday-only practices didn't help get you to the Pro nah, Bowl in 96? No, nah, I was already done, bro. <laughs> already wrapping that thing up. Absolutely. So uh, now one of the names there that we hear there, Dak Prescott makes, I believe that's his third Pro Bowl now. Just a really fantastic season from Dak. Has he tapped into a level? I, I know it was, um, I believe it was Mike Tannenbaum had the quote, uh, or no, it was Randy Mueller, the former Dolphins GM this week, had said that when you watch a player like Dak kind of adjust and open up himself to new concepts this late in his career, that it, it really opens your eyes to, okay, what more could he potentially tap into? So I'm curious from the both of you, like, when you watch him play, does Dak look like, well, okay, he's reached a new level this year, but you can't rule out that he's got this other level that he could potentially get to? Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the thing about playing in Dallas is like being a Yankee or any of those Boston Celtic, Lakers. Iconic teams. Th- those iconic teams, there's so much from a fan base, the expectations to be successful. And, you know, you look at the quarterback position, you had Roger, you had Troy. Uh, you don't want to, and I, I'm not trying to knock Danny White, but you don't want to be the guy that had his great stats, sure. a Romo or anybody like that, and then not get a chance to play in the Super Bowl. But I, I'm happy to see his adjustments. And, I, and that's the big thing. Can you adjust as you get older? Because sometimes your skills are decline. Uh, are you willing to accept new information? And he's done a great job doing that so far. I, I just love him because he went back to the future. He went back <laughs> yeah. to Mississippi State, got his running back, his, his movement back. And that has been the biggest deal. I, I've always thought that he can run on offense, but I always thought that he needed to move around. And when they, about the third or fourth, fifth game of the year, he started moving around. And this last four weeks, it has paid off tremendously for him. You talked about that earlier in the year. You wanted rookie Dak back. Yes. That was what you kept saying. It was yes. 2016 back, 2017 Dak. And I, I think it's a different level to Tony's point a moment ago. Yeah. Is it's, it's the mobility, but it's not a – it's not a freelance. It's uh, it's really a controlled mobility from mm-hmm. Dak, where he's still scanning down the field. He's still able to move the ball outside of the pocket, buy some time, and then he's able to find these these weapons downfield. It's helped having a CD Lamb to throw the football to, no sure doubt does. about it, because if you do buy time to throw it downfield, you've got CD building separation at some point mm-hmm. in his route. But it really has been impressive to see how he's adjusted, because he's not playing the same way as he did as a rookie. But he's use, utilizing the, some of the skill the, set and some of those same things the, to help him be successful. The only difference is because he moved around at Mississippi State to help his receivers get open. He moved mm-hmm. around. The only difference is is, is now uh, he understands 
the, the, instead of him making the second read yep. by running around, he understands that sometimes he has to move around to get that second read. Yeah. And that, that is the difference before, like, even with Lamar, this, he understands now one, two, Okay, two, uh, he needs a little time. Move around. Mm-hmm. And that's he moving around with a purpose. Whereas as a rookie, he just moved around. Well, isn't a lot of that yes. timing as you go yes, along, sir. too? Yeah. Yes, is, sir. is that instinct of yes. knowing the time clock? Because you talk, you, you talk about time in the pocket. You have yes. a time clock as a quarterback that goes off in the back of your head that says, hey, well, I'm running out of time here. I've got to either move or throw the football, get right. it out of play. Right. Dak has that instinct. And yes, you can see does. that in his play here in 23. Yes, he's gained it back. Mm-hmm. Because the, 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 if you go back to net last year and the year before, and you watch the film, Dak just standing he there. in the pocket. Oh mm-hmm. my God! And, it, and I'm like, you're gonna get hurt just standing there. And once he understood Coach McCarthy, it took him what four games to understand Coach McCarthy's offense in live, in live color. Okay, once he got it down, he started moving around. And I'm telling you, go back and look at your film. These last three or four weeks. It ain't that I – and Lord knows I, I hate to say this. It ain't that our offensive line has been playing great. It's that him and Tony Pollard has been playing great. Pollard has been a great blocker. He's been picking up blitzes. Mm-hmm. Dak has been spinning out, making plays. And CeeDee Lamb has been on fire. Jake Ferguson has been on fire. Hey, man, I hope we can continue this. You know, it's, it's funny. D- Dak is obviously taking a, a level up. I, I know one of the things that people talk about with Dak, though, is – at times a criticism of his from from national analysts, I guess, would be, you know, when you ask people to, to talk about Dak's game and what makes him so great, a lot of times one of the first things they'll say is, oh, the intangibles and the leadership and the character and everything else. And, and I think he's I, I think he's a, a talented passer in number ways, but people think of that almost as dinging him, where I remember Brandon Cooks had said something to the effect of, like, no, no, that tells you how valuable that is in that position yeah. is that we, we go to that first is because right. that matters a great deal. You'll, you'll go into, you know, a fire. You'll follow this guy into a fire. Right. Can you guys just talk about for you specifically the quarterback of the Cowboys in that position, how important the mental makeup and the intangibles and the leadership are to just being able to execute your job on the field? Yeah, you, you have to have tough skin. Um, you just think last year he had the 17 turnovers and then – Everybody was questioning his ability, you know, with the contract coming up and, and all of these other things, his health. And, and, and you, he had to go back and reinvent himself and make himself the quarterback that he used to be. Right. And, and you know, coming, when you guys were talking about the scrambling deal, coming from a defensive lineman standpoint, that is the worst kind of quarterback that you have to, to rush against because you never know where he's going to be. He extends plays, and it's very hard to rush the passer and figure out where he's going to be. And, of course, you know the longer you, you extend the play, the more likely they're going to uncover. So there's a lot of pressure that he's putting on uh, on the defense now, and, and they're doing a heck of a job doing, you know, being successful with it. Nate, how much of what Troy Aikman was able to do for you guys in the 90s was about his ability to just command you guys as a huddle and command you guys as a leader? I mean, do you think that had an impact in, in terms of how he was able to execute things on the field? Troy just had a stare. You know, he, he did. <laughs> you know, he. I, I tell and I tell you the quick story. If you got a minute. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I, you know, you know, I used to kind of didn't go home at night if I had a good, a good, lovely night that night. So I would sleep in my car, right? <laughs> so I, one morning I was in my car and I was waking up. I heard his truck and Tro- it was Troy. And he was on the phone, right, laughing, talking, having fun. I'm like, I had never seen Troy just, you know, going off laughing early in the morning, just having fun. And he just continued to talk. 
And when he right before he walked into the building, because I was about five or ten yards behind him, just walking real slow. Right before he walked in the building, he closed his phone and his face went blank. <laughs> and I looked at him like this dude has got a difference. Mm. It's a it's a Troy outside of this building mm-hmm. and it's a Troy inside of this building. It's a building. flip of a switch. Yes. Mm-hmm. And he it, and I'll give you a perfect example. How about them Cowboys? You see Eminem, Mike yeah. over there, and you saw Troy. <laughs> <laughs> that was him, man. That yeah. was our guy. Mike was our emotional guy. Troy was our doer. Yeah. You know, and Thomas said, he, he, he was, how you doing, Tober? That's it. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned there it was a, a special weekend this past weekend uh, with the Detroit Lions coming down. It wasn't just a big victory for the Cowboys, but obviously there was a big celebration at halftime honoring Jimmy Johnson. When we come back, we'll talk about that, get some of uh, Tony Tolbert's best stories from the Jimmy Johnson era. That's next on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. Whether you're getting ready to...
Back, back to back, Dallas back, Cowboys back. Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. This is Cowboys Crosstalk. I'm Bobby Belt from 105.3 The Fan. We're joined by Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Yeah, yeah. Three-time Super Bowl champion and six-time Pro Bowler. Yeah, yeah. Nate Noon. And we're joined uh, by our Cowboys legend this evening, former UTEP minor and former Pro Bowler, Tony Tolbert. Tony, yeah, thank yeah. Thank you for joining us. I, I was talking about it during the break a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we had the news, obviously, at the beginning of the show. Seven Pro Bowlers for the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Zach Martin, uh, Micah Parsons, Deron Bland, and Brian Anger, the and then Brandon Aubrey. Yeah, the yeah. kick in the pond. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't get them. <laughs> hey, the kicker's a lock. Brandon yeah. Aubrey yeah, is a lock, yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. Kicker, now, now, not a surprise yeah. necessarily. Just a kicker. <laughs> not a surprise necessarily. <laughs> Why do you hate kickers? Hey, that would on. be more than come a kicker. Come on, Chris Bone, y'all won y'all a, a Monday yeah, Night exactly. Football game. Yeah, we, used to, we used to throw him a bone every now and then. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Brandon Aubrey's throwing you a bone right now as a team. Yeah, that's what's happening. So, one that's maybe not a surprise, just because of the way stack counting goes into a lot of this is the fact that Demarcus Lawrence didn't make it but Demarcus Lawrence is having a career year and so I just I really wanted to to get your thoughts as somebody who played that position I, I mentioned the story last week from Dave Campo that uh, Greg Ellis talked about the middle eight and and the last four minutes of the first half first four minutes of the second half how, how that was always such a critical time that Mike Zimmer and uh, Dave Campo coached up for them and Greg Ellis talked about a playoff game against the Giants where he was like, I need to make a play, make a play, make a play, make a stop. And he's like, we, we came up short, wasn't able to make the play. I felt like the game changed. I bring that up to say that I feel like DeMarcus Lawrence this year has been the guy where every single drive where it's like somebody needs to make a play, he makes a play. He, yeah. he has come up so big in crucial moments, especially in the run game. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll make a big stop in the run game on third and short. I think there was a fourth down against Seattle. He, yeah. had, he had the yeah. big stop. Um, just talk about why – DeMarcus Lawrence's game and the position that he plays, a position you played so well, is so much more than just sack numbers. Well, well, it's funny because I was in a situation where I, uh, it was me, Charles, and Jeff Coat, and I was the guy that alternated with Jeff Coat. Charles stayed on the field the majority of the time, and sometimes you have to sack. You know, unfortunately, I didn't want to sacrifice, but you have to sacrifice your playing time for the betterment of the team. And he's, he, you know, he's he's a little later in his career. Uh, and the one thing you do, you don't have those sack, big, you know, 15, 16 sacks like he used to have. But he he's making plays, he's, he plays, he's being disruptive, and he's doing little things that have changed the, the pace of the game, the outcomes of a lot of these games lately. And and that's all you want to do. You want to keep imp- impacting the game. Um, you know, VIA run, pass rush when you get an opportunity to. And he's cashing in on those opportunities and playing very, very well. He's a, he's a hell of a setup man. I mean, he, 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 he he'll be that, that, that defensive end that'll bang down on a guard and just give you that just enough space yep. for that tackle to come around free. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he's doing whatever it takes to uh, – you, you notice that his money has dropped down, but I think he makes 10 mil a year, but you see nobody groaning mm-hmm. about that 10 mil. Yeah, he's earning his keep. And he's he's such a high IQ player, and he, he's a guy who I feel like plays with such great instincts. It's a, it's that intangible like you can't teach. He yeah. just he, he has such a natural feel for the game. Tony, at, w- at what stage of your career did you feel like, you know, I know we talk about quarterbacks and how the processing is and, and how, you know, the game slows down for them. A lot of them will say year seven, year eight. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these defensive ends who, who come in the league now, 
it looks like it takes them three, four years to just learn how to use their hands a lot of times, that, that, that the hand usage is great. At what point in your career did you say, okay, this is all starting to come together. I'm starting to get a sense of, okay, formation. I can read this. I can, I can do this. When did that all start to come together for you? Uh, the, the funny thing about it, um, physically was my problem. Um, I, I played linebacker, so we used to use our hands all the time because I was a stand-up linebacker. My problem was gaining the weight. Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, I was 228 pounds when I got drafted, and it took me three years to put on 30 pounds. Wow, so his 219 earlier no, wasn't that, far that off. That was just no. a little off. <laughs> yeah. but it, 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 and then get used to that because I had never carried that much weight. So it was kind of a reverse deal. And the good thing about it, I, I was in a different situation. Like Troy had to play immediately. I got a chance to sit behind Jeff Cole and Ed Tutal Jones at the time. So they were very patient with my weight gain as well as just watching what they did and the impact of Jeff Coat, you know, having an impact on me from uh, teaching me how to, how to watch film. Right. And so about my third year, I could feel things coming. Uh, the fourth year with the addition of Charles, everything came together. And so I would say three years for me. It's, it's funny, uh, you mentioned the, the weight room habits and the, mm -hmm. the, those habits in there. Uh, whenever you talk to NFL scouts uh, about guys, they'll say that one of the best people to talk to when you go on campus early on is go talk to the strength and conditioning yes, coordinator yeah. first. Because they're like, they're not, they're going to shoot you straight and they're going to tell you everything you need to know about work habits and, and things like that. How much of, of, you know, in terms of when you talk about that battle for you trying to put on that weight and, and become a consistent player, how much of, of that, that weight room discipline you think helped show the team exactly what type of a player you were and the type of football character you had? Well, the, the three guys that have had the most impact on me from a football standpoint was my defensive coordinator. He moved me from, uh, I was stuck at the tackle range, trying to play tackle at 210 pounds, <laughs> and he moved me to outside linebacker. Him, number one. Then Dave Tobe, who's a special teams coach, he was the weightlifting coach at UTEP when I was down there. Hmm. He taught me how to lift weights. And then my man Mike Warsick, when he came and he was hired, we were connected at the hip, and he, he took me to another level. So, um, you know, those three guys had the biggest impact on my football career, to be honest. How important is that? I mean, you talk about the, the strength room stuff, but, I mean, you, you know, when Nate talks about, like, guys like you and Charles Haley really helping to set the tone for him and help him level up his game, how important is it for other players to kind of set that tone? Like, like is that an area of weight room habits that needs to come from other players, learn that from other players rather than coming from a coaching staff edict or, or things like that? It, it was kind of crazy because uh, they were in transition. I think you guys went 4-12 and 12 right, or something right. like that. And I was on the 1-15 roster. Yeah. So when we were on the 1-15 roster, we were basically starting from scratch. And so as we were building and we were all young, the expectations around, around everything, Jimmy wouldn't let you just sit here and just coast. You know, he would, every once in a while, he would just cut a guy out the blue, and we'd be sitting there looking at each other like, man. You better get in that weight <laughs> room. <laughs> man, uh, poor, what the heck is going Richards. on? Richards. Yeah, it, it, it was curving. It was a running back that I got drafted uh, he was from UNLV, and I remember we were running the f for the first time the 16-110s. He missed the last one. Jimmy cut him right in front of all of us. Mm. And I'm sitting there like, man, am I going to be able to make it? So you start questioning yourself, and you start thinking, I've got to make sure i got to do what I'm supposed to do. And so that, that was a big part of it. But, you know, the, the, the energy in the room, we didn't allow guys to just come in here and mess up our stuff. We knew right away if you was going to be one of the guys that was going to sit here and coast and talked all the time and didn't want to do what you wanted to do, 
that we needed you to do, we were trying to get you up out of here. Nate, what's the stuff that, I mean, obviously there are some things that you would expect the coaching staff to be responsible for. Like when we talk about on-field, like, you know, little details and discipline, I, I think a lot of people go like, okay, that's that's a coaching thing. Like that's the thing that the, the coaches need to take that. Where do you think player leadership and responsibility, what areas of, of the Monday through Saturday grind or the game day grind come from, hey, that needs to be player leadership really setting the tone for guys? You know what? Back, it was so the worlds were so different, mm-hmm. and I tell people we can stop with when the salary cap became what it was, mm-hmm. all that coach and player, all that stuff went out the window. Now it comes down to you got to draft the right guy from the mm-hmm. start. Mm-hmm. You got to draft a guy that care about football and care about winning. That, that's just the bottom line because if you expect them for. Uh, a guy that just got paid $150 million over 10 years to go talk to a dude who ain't making but $45,000 a year. <laughs> that dude's making forty five. dollars He don't want to hear you, bro. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it, that's just how it is. These kids are built different, mm-hmm. and it's about their money. Show them how to make plays, and they'll be about that money. But this working out and all of this, it's got to come from within. Yeah. That is why I think scouting is so much more difficult now because you have to go find the right type of guy and if you got that guy then he can be led but if you don't have that guy i don't care what you do it's not gonna work and i'm gonna add to that like in our defensive uh line meeting room we used to have this uh, a fine deal like if you yeah. jumped offside that was five dollars uh if you missed the block that was five you know a tackle that was five dollars whatever you messed did, up and, a game yeah if you messed up a game if you got slaughtered and it looked real ugly on film, that was $10. Yeah. And, and, and what it did, it reinforced the things that we were trying to do. Yes. And it put pressure on you because we're sitting here watching you, you know, through practice as well as the game. And, it, and we're going to sit there and talk about you, to be honest. It didn't matter who it was, from Charles to myself to Shantae. There was an expectation like, look, when you walk in this room, we can joke, we can do what we need to do, but when we get on this field – we're going to prepare ourselves, we're going to take care of our business, and we're going to be the, the team that we need to be. It kind of sounds like it was a fail-proof system. It failed, mm-hmm. there, was, there were levels to it because you talked oh, yeah. about the coaching and, and really the, the fear that was instilled, but not necessarily fear. It but was fear. It, okay, so it was a little <laughs> bit of fear. Yeah, it was fear. That was instilled in mm-hmm. early on, and then you have the accountability, and then you have the within. Do you feel like, I mean, a lot, all of that falls under the umbrella of culture. When a guy walks up to you and says, Hey, man, I watch you on film. First six games, you look like an all-pro. Hmm. Then I watch you the last ten games, you look like trash. This is what I'm going to do for you. Now, this guy says, come with me and Tobert, and I'm going to show you how to work out. Mm-hmm. Well, his was weight gain and weight lifting. Mine was conditioning mm-hmm. and working on all these different machines. But how are you going to tell a man who's willing to give up his time? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When he's going to do this it's from Monday, Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, we worked out. Mm-hmm. So it's about can you get enough guys like Charles Haley who care about winning, Tony Tobin who care about winning, to say, hey, Nate, you, you need to quit acting up and come on in this weight room. Do you feel like they have those types of guys in that fail-proof I, system in, in here I, just I based I, off of what you've seen? I don't know. I, you know, I, I, and I try not to get that close. Because uh, I was a guy who called me today, uh, Mr. Wooten, John Wooten, who got contacts over there. He said, man, I want, I want you to start working with O-line. I told him no. Mm. Mm. Uh, because he said, why? 
because I don't. I'm not a cusser like I used to be. I'm not, and I don't disrespect grown men, but it's not enough practice time to hone your skills. Mm-hmm. The players don't know they're crushing themselves. You you may play longer, but you're not gonna play at a high level. And I guess it's about making your money. That is all well, but don't you want to play at a high level a long time? Don't you want to be like Zach Martin? Yeah. For a long yeah. time. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence. Yeah. For a long time. Yep. And that's what you. That's why. Scouting is so premium now. Getting the right guy, getting close to the right guy, like a, a bunch of 49ers or a bunch of Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> when we come back, I promise we're going to get into some Jimmy Johnson stories. I promise we're going to let – Well, you're getting to Jimmy right now. <laughs> I, I, I promise we're going to let uh, Tony and Nate yeah. both weigh in on uh, how they, they think it should go when a player is checking himself in and making himself mm. eligible. We'll, we'll let them talk about that. That's next on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk.
back, back to back, Dallas back, Cowboys back. Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Want to use what the pros use? Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit getjackblack.com today. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco for the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. We got Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com. Yes. Nate Newton and our Cowboys legend this evening is Tony Tolbert. Now, uh, the Cowboys had a big victory over the Lions this past weekend on Saturday night, 20 to 19. Uh, it wasn't without some controversy, obviously, and in terms of guys reporting eligible, throws on second down that stopped the clock late uh, a lot of different things come out of this game but the biggest headline of course is the return of Jimmy Johnson uh, I know Nate that uh, you were in attendance you got to see a lot of your old teammates I, my, my first question are you surprised at all Nate that that we didn't get a, a bigger tear up moment from Jimmy 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 controlled it he chose he held back the tears he just saved Jimmy I mean he tried to go into his soft mode but it just didn't work long <laughs> enough <laughs> Jimmy just Jimmy man he's a leader of men I love coach man Tony what was your uh, what, what's some of your favorite stories or, or your moments that stand out from your time uh, with Jimmy Johnson well there, there was a run uh, our second Super Bowl run and we played uh, Philadelphia Minnesota and I think the Jets within a three-week period. And so um, we played Philadelphia. Randall Cunningham wasn't playing. And I remember losing contain. I, I got blasted one time, uh, chip block. And the quarterback ran out the pocket and scored a touchdown. And Jimmy gave me this look, you know, like, okay. <laughs> and so we won the game. The next week we played Minnesota. And this is, you know, pre-Charles and Jimmy right. conflict. And so the same thing happened. Another guy chip blocked me, lost contain. They scored a touchdown. Jimmy was hot. He got me to the sideline, and he he, <laughs> he, he got that lip gum. <laughs> and he ripped me a new one. So I was like, okay. So the next week, they took me off nickel. They put Leon on their defensive end. And so we were playing the Jets, and Leon went out there and lost contain. And I was standing next to Jimmy. And Jimmy looked at me, and he, I looked at him, and I did the smile. <laughs> and he was like, oh, Shanghai, I can't get, get you in there. And he started doing his lip, and I, I just, you know, we, we joked about it on the way back uh, from New York, but that was one of the biggest deals that we've had. And, 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 you know, and to add to that, what was funny about it was me and Jimmy, we, we really didn't have a lot of conversations. But, like, when I would pass him, he would show me love, respect, hey, man, I appreciate the way you're playing, et cetera. And so, I, I, you know, I, I got it. He would leave – to be honest, he would leave you alone if you was doing your thing. But every once in a while, he would, he would poke you to make sure, you, you know, you he wasn't was getting alive, out of control. Man. Yeah. yeah. He, Tony Tober, Jay Novacek, and probably one other guy where you never thought they spoke. But, you know, <laughs> Jimmy, I'm serious. You, you would think yeah. him and Jay, man, he used to be so funny. He'll come to the locker room. He'll speak to everybody. He'll look at Jay. He'll just nod his head. He'll, <laughs> he'll see Tober. He'll just, but when they go around the corner, Jimmy, he's going to show you some love. Yeah. That's what they thought about Nate, too. They were like, Nate never They're talks. Like, yeah, you, you don't yeah. even know what Nate's voice sounds <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, you what I sound like. Now, Nate, I know you did get a chance to, uh, to catch up with Jimmy and a lot of your former teammates. How, how cool was the experience on Saturday night just seeing a bunch of the it, old guys? Was it, it like, kind of like a reunion? Yes, yes, man. Like I said, I did a lot of interviews. 
interviews, man. I could, and they let them do. They allowed me to be me, and we had fun. I know Kyle's saying yeah. I need to go to DallasCowboys.com. Yeah. No, and, for real, it's, yeah. it's on the it's on the Cowboys YouTube. Yeah. We we just let Nate have a, a free roaming yeah. microphone <laughs> with yeah. his teammates. It really is. They're all chopped up in the individual interviews. Nate did a great job, but it, it also shows the camaraderie of that group, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it looked yeah. like you guys had not spent any time apart, and those were some guys that I, I, and you I got everyone on number. I got everyone. And the thing that is so amazing is Jimmy still treated me the same, Toad. <laughs> it was it just I just said to myself, everybody, how you doing? He asked about people, kids, how you doing? Oh, good to see you. Oh man, he loving on everybody. And I and uh we can we can we can say A on this channel. I believe again. so, yeah. 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 And the first thing he saw me was, I said, Coach Johnson, what's up? Nate, good to see you. The first thing they told me to do is I saw you was to run your <laughs> like, Come on, coach! You asked about everybody else's kids. You asked. You're, You're trying, trying to put to me through a conditioning yeah. and test. I, and, and I'm still like, no, I'm still getting talked to a lot. Wow, but that I love just means it. he likes you. That's oh what yeah, it man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just the thing that that makes that team special. Like I tell you, I don't know if it's you know good or bad. However, you want to look at it or take it. But the man was focused. Mm-hmm. And he prepared. He had a plan for us. I remember after our first season. We was coming back off a road game, and he was on the plane and gave us a schedule of how the offseason was going to be. And normally you just go up to the trainer, sign a little sheet of paper, and you out of there once you get off the plane. You don't have to come in the next day for physicals. Nah, Jimmy, like everybody's going there. We're doing exit physicals. I'm going to give you the uh, – he gave us a, a little pre-deal, and then that Monday he told us, this is what's going to happen on this day, this day, this day, this day. Mm-hmm. And, and we was like, man, we don't get but a month off. <laughs> a month off yep. from the end of the, the, our season, which was no playoff, a month off. And we yep. was back to work, bro. You know, it's interesting. One of the things Jimmy talked about uh, during his speech at halftime was he was talking about all the great assistant coaches that he had and, and, and the guys like that. And we obviously know a lot of those guys went on to have head coaching jobs and other opportunities. It, it was a really stacked group, not just with the coaching staff, future coaches on the actual defense. Yeah. Ken Horton yeah. Jr. becomes a defensive coordinator. Right. Ray Horton obviously right. had the uh, – yes. I, I know the coaches have talked about famously him recognizing yeah. on the uh, the goal line stop in the first Super Bowl against Buffalo. He saw something and called it out. And so uh, w- when you look at that, that group that you guys had at assistant coaches, who stood out to you guys as, as just some of the great assistant coaches you guys played with during that era of like, hey, that's somebody who really impacted me and made a difference on our football Tell team. Tell me while we was playing? Yeah, during that you, gym, you, those gym years. Those you would have never thought years. that Ken Norton would be. Now, Ray Horton, you could yeah, see him as yeah. a coach. Hmm. You would have never thought that Ken Norton would be a coach. Now, I'm going to tell you who was smart as a whip. Uh, that's James Washington. Yeah. You know, and I think he's at UCLA uh, he is. doing he's things. Doing I mean, the, all it's – you name anybody that was connected to us, mm-hmm. and whoever wanted to do TV, radio, coach, every one of these guys are doing a successful, great job. Daryl, Mike, all of yeah, them. Yeah, all mm-hmm. of them, man. Mm-hmm. And so Kyle winning had, does that. Kyle, have you had a chance to talk to James Washington before? One time. So James Washington is one of the greatest interviews you'll oh, ever no, have. Yes. The, 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 the guy. I remember he's got so much emotion. It's just I remember Dar- Darren Woodson had told me the story one time about halftime of Super Bowl 28, where you guys were down uh, at 13-6, I think, at halftime. And he said that, you know, everybody was there, and he said James Washington looked over at him, and he said, y'all blankety blanks get on my back. I got this. And he comes <laughs> yeah. up, and he has the scoop and score the yeah, next right. time. Mm-hmm. And I know we've talked about that. 
that a little bit, Nate. The the idea of of having those dogs in the locker room and and, and those guys who will step up in this game against Detroit. Did you at least feel like? within the moment you saw a little bit more of that on defense this week you saw jordan lewis yes. come up make a big play donovan yes. wilson mm -hmm. set the tone and demarcus lawrence obviously coming up with some huge stuff yeah. that, that thing you've been calling for recent weeks do you think you saw a little bit more I, of it this week I, I saw enough of it to know this right here we have an opportunity to have a home game we have no fear at home we you do just win this game against washington mm -hmm. and you're at home and all this other stuff we've been talking about, the December run, this, that, being up, you are right yeah. where – this yep. is what Coach Johns was so great at. If we would have had that bad of December and it would have been – he would have – we would have had a meeting oh, that next day. It would have been terrible. He would have <laughs> cussed us out, and at the end of it, he would have said, you are right where you want to be. Mm -hmm. You can change history yep. right now. That's all you got to do. You are right – they are right where they want to be. Yep. Come on, man. Man, yep. please, man. And, and I yeah. agree with him. It, it, it's such a big difference with them playing here yes. and being on the road. Why not get home, home field advantage and use the crowd, your ability. You, 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 you're at home. You play faster. You, you know, you're in tune to what's going on on the field. And, and the one thing that you, you, you notice about them, like especially defensively, you don't run wide on this team here because of the turf. They're completing passes down the field. The crowd gets into it. And once this team gets ahead here in Dallas, Thank you're pretty you, much man. done. Did you, uh, did you, on any of the teams that you played on, you, you played from 89 to 97, yes. I, I believe it was. On any of the teams that you played on, did you guys feel like, man, there was a noticeable difference between how we played at home and on the road? Obviously, home is an advantage for everybody, you feel like. But was there ever a time where you felt like, man, this team, like, we just don't quite have the same mojo when we're on the road as we are at home? No. No. No, no we were just ignorant no, enough to give a Don't insult us like that. No. Well, <laughs> is, no. Like is that a mental thing? You just talked about it. There's no fear Bruh. at home. But is it a mental thing with this team right now, I, with I, it being there? I, I think we had enough ignorant, in a, in a good way, yeah. people <laughs> that didn't give a damn it. where we played at. And so we were, we, we were in the mindset, you just think, I'm practicing against Larry Allen, Big E, Nate, Tui, uh, James Washington's covering Novacek, mm. Playmaker, uh, whoever, Kmart. Yeah. Yes. And we going on the road, practice is harder than playing in the game. We wasn't going to sit here and let you just punk us. We, you know, when we lost our games, to be honest, it's because we decided, we went in the game and just blew it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of times. Uh, we played a team that was equal. And we didn't, yeah, and we, we didn't just, respect and it. And we didn't respect it. We didn't respect it. Yeah. I, I remember Moose said something like that. Uh, but, like, like he said, I think he said there was a game you guys lost to New Orleans. or so. There, there was yeah. one game, yeah. I can't remember who's, but he said, like, during our Super Bowl runs, he's like, the, oftentimes the games that we would lose, it's like you had no business yeah, losing yeah. that game. We yeah. just, we, we didn't take them serious enough. It, we, we would usually impose our will on a team. And that was the mindset we came in with. And that's the mindset we left with, to be honest. So yeah. that home road split, I, I didn't see it. Not with that bunch. <laughs> well, when we come back, uh, we're going to get tips from you guys then on how not to overlook a bad Washington team mm -hmm. as you're looking to get this number two seed. And also get some of your uh, favorite memories of over the years playing the Commanders. That is next here on the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. Clear.
back, back to back. Dallas Cowboys Crosstalk. Yeah, check this out. Live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. At SWBC, customized solutions for individuals and businesses are just a click away. Visit SWBC.com to learn more and start your next adventure. We are live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco for Cowboys Crosstalk. I'm Bobby Belt from 105 Through the Fan, joined by Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com, Nate Newton, the six-time Pro Bowler, three-time Super Bowl champion, and the other three-time Super Bowl champion and Pro Bowler, Tony Tolbert, is our Cowboys legend this evening. And guys, they have the Washington Commanders this week. Uh, It's right there on a platter for them to take the number two seed. It's essentially win. You win the division. You get the number two seed. You don't have to see San Francisco potentially until the NFC title game. Uh, You can kind of lay it all out there before you. And we were talking about overlooking teams a little bit and how that was a struggle for you guys at times. Cowboys were accused of doing that maybe a little bit earlier this year against Arizona. What is the 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 best way to guard against some of that this week for this Cowboys team, Tony? Uh, Just knowing the goal at hand. uh, If you win, you will have at least – Two, two home uh, games here, and you'll be one game away from getting to your destination and everybody's goal. You will be one of those teams that get to one of your goals. So it's important that you start fast. And, and usually when you play teams at the end of the year that don't want to play, you can tell right away. Guys are, you know, trying not to get hurt, etc. So you got to go out and make sure you give them no chance because the longer they hang around, the more competitive the game, you, you're one or two plays away from from losing the game. Nate, the, the, <laughs> you know what, man? You said that the Cow- over the years we lost, but never in situations like that. No. Mm-hmm. Understand where you at and what's your goal and what is the what, – what, what, if I walk out of there with a victory against the Washington Commanders, I got two home games, bottom line. That's how you got to look at it, and there's no other way to look at it. If you don't understand that, and your stars have to play. so Your stars have to play. So when we come down to the end of the game, and it is close, we've had no ignorant penalties, we've had no turnovers, and guess who win the game? A guy like Jalen Tober. Because yep. they done tried to take out C.D. Lamb. They done made sure that Jake Ferguson ain't get the ball. Now, hey, your boy sitting in the back of the end zone. Jalen Tobert for a touchdown. Good and we thing. beat these dudes, man. We beat <laughs> these dudes 24 to, to 21. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. But we ain't had no stupid penalties. And remember when Jimmy told us we went up to Green Bay, Milwaukee, wherever? Mm-hmm. He said, fellas, we going to beat this team. Play clean, no turnovers. And I don't care if we beat them by and, – and, and, and Irv Cross and Randy Gross was the, the announcers. They was, in a, in, uh, they was enraged. But guess what? No bad penalties, no turnovers. We walk out of there, beat them. Mm-hmm. You are who you are. It goes back to what you were talking about in the segment prior of if you don't like where you are, change it. Thank if you. If you don't like where you are, change it. This is an opportunity for you to change it, at least in one setting. All year long, it's been Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. The NFC East is there. Yes. Now you have a chance to take it. Yeah. And it's sitting right there. I mean, if anything, you've already taken it. You just got to do one last thing, and that's win. You know, the, win the game and thank you're done. You. You're yep. so right, Kyle. You're so right. That's why my name is Nathaniel Newton Jr. <laughs> and I used to beat up Timmy Newton. I can't beat up Timmy Newton. Now nah, Timmy Newton can beat me. That's my baby brother. <laughs> but when we was growing up, I'm the big brother. I pounce on you, dog. And that's how he Washington has always been second to the Cowboys. Don't don't change that. They they believe it. 
They believe they second to us. Did you ever beat up Tolbert in practice? No, nah, no, nah, do too mean, too wild. Right <laughs> do one quit. Yeah, I mean, I had uh, too much going quit. on there. Yeah, I had 100 pounds on him. He still wouldn't quit. He was putting you on the stair stepper <laughs> and then beating you up yeah, in yeah. practice. Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Hey, man, Charles. Who, who was most likely to start a, a practice fight dur- during y'all's time? Kevin Gogan. <laughs> yeah, I had a fight with Kevin yeah. Gogan. Kevin, Kevin Gogan, man. Yeah. But Gold would beat up rookies, you know, like I just rookie. Especially if you went into tra- – if we was at like OTs, they call them these days. Uh-huh. We call it off-season training. That was mm-hmm. just bottom line. We ain't had them shortcut words. Uh, <laughs> OTs. We said the yeah. full, we said yeah. the full yeah. word. Yeah, we there were no it, acronyms. Yeah, because we weren't getting paid. They didn't pay. <laughs> so they put some acronyms per on. word. Yeah. But anyway, a guy would show out during those times, uh, OTAs, and – Kevin say soon and Nate, as soon as we get in pads, I'm gonna twist his wig. You know what the you know the twist wig meant for Kevin Gogan? Was he gonna He's be gonna, fighting you? All of a sudden he gonna grab you the headlock of your helmet was gonna turn all the way around oh. and you'll be looking at the back of your helmet. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that how your fight started? What happened with you guys? You know, I, I don't even know. Just, I'm just <laughs> we were just uh matter of fact, we were standing yeah. there and next thing I know, he swung at me and I'm like, Well hell, do you ain't gonna well, it, it was going <laughs> on it, it was going on for a while. Yeah, it was brewing. Gogan had punked some, excuse me, he had misused some dude. Yeah. Wrong word, sorry. Yeah. Uh, he had misused some dude. And Tober like, man, that ain't cool, da-da-da. And he, like, like, he looked at Tober like, what are you going to do? <laughs> he swung at Tober. They said, you know, they going at we it. We was I'm going like, at Whoa. it. We was going at it. I'm sure everybody was surprised. Yeah. And then we lined I up. I wouldn't. Well, and then we lined up and it was like nothing happened. It was like, okay, next play. Next play. So this is a big game, obviously, this week against the Commanders, like reference. During y'all's era, I I mean, the Commanders have long been, you know, a a historic rival for the Cowboys. Uh, I know specifically for for y'all's team, one of the the things that history remembers about that 90s era Cowboys team is the coming out party of, oh, these kids have something. Oh, yeah. was 91 RFK, 11-0 Washington. You get the Hail Mary to Alvin Harper at the end of the first half. You go in there, you really handle that football team, and everybody kind of takes notice and goes, oh, Cowboys might might be here. What are y'all's memories from going into that game and preparing for that game, a game that a lot of the, the rest of the NFL said, nobody's got any business. They won the Super Bowl that year, Yeah, right? they won the Super Bowl. And that was the, the year we were the Yes, to beat the gorilla. Uh, throw to everything you got at the gorilla speech. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it was a um, – we hung around and we hung around and we made an onside kicks. Onside, I yeah. mean, he was pulling everything out the hat, uh, and then you know, Hart with the hail mary. Um, everything just came together that day. We played great offensively, yeah. defensively, and, and the special thing about team. Washington at that time and the special team, mm-hmm. Washington was mowing over people, and we were fast enough. We were probably one of the only teams that were fast enough to give them fits defensively. We didn't turn the ball over, and right. we, we did our thing. And I, we walked out of there and was like, yeah, we're we, we not too far from here. Yeah. yeah, and you guys, I think after that game, I don't believe you guys lost a game the rest of the regular season. I think you went on a run all the way through to the end. I think you went 11-5 and five that year. That victory put you at 7-5. and five. You guys go into Soldier Field. You mm-hmm. beat a Bears team on the road, mm-hmm. uh, a, a veteran Bears team uh, led by, I think, Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback was that day. And so um, you guys go in there, play, play a really tough game. Season obviously ends disappointingly the next week against Detroit, but when you guys you looked slaughtered. at why, it, why, why, why did y'all quickness not help us against against Barry? We got slaughtered. Did, 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 did Barry Jimmy, was different. I was gonna say, does Jimmy uh, do that bite the gum when Barry nah, broke he, out of that tackle? Do we have a, you have already <laughs> done. Do you have a few minutes? Just a few you, you got a couple minutes. We Look got about here. three minutes. We left that game, and we were all 
coaches and everybody. Remember, we were just, yep. oh, yeah, we, we here. We arrived. Oh, we was going off. Coaches was with us. The head, the, the assistant, <laughs> all of them was right. We was talking. <laughs> Jimmy walked through that door. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is that wrong with you? He went off on us for like 10 minutes. This is not how we do it. We are better than this. And then he gave us the little pre, this is what we'll be doing. You get a month off, and this is what we'll be doing because we're better than this. He mm-hmm. shot down the whole party. Wow. He shot down the whole. He, th- we are bigger than this. Yes. I think he drafted like 30 DBs. That yeah. Year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. The next year, I'm telling you, the DB he problem. Said this isn't happening uh, again. Oh, it was everybody. Was it Pup? Was it Pup? Pup, Larry Brown, uh, all yeah. of them. Oh, no. That, hey, man, Jimmy, like we need offensive linemen, Kyle. And don't hey, you be don't talking about me. nothing else. Don't look at me. I've we been need talking dra- about offensive linemen on draft coverage for From three the second years. round all the way, everything should be <laughs> offensive line. the offensive yeah. line darts. But when, when that game ends against Detroit, you guys, you guys obviously had, had about yeah. that. But given what you had built on, did, did you guys have a sense of, hey, next year, like, like we're ready? Because I know the narrative, you, you go back and watch pregame shows from that 92 NFC Championship game. People talk about, oh, Dallas arrived a year earlier than we all thought. But did you guys have the confidence at the end of the year of, like, no, we're, we're ready. We know what we've built here in 91. Uh, you know what? To be honest, I didn't have any particular feeling. We just went in the beginning of the year, and we beat the – I think we started off with the NFC East. Right. So we played all four of the other teams early in the year, and we went 3-1. and one. And so we were already ahead of the game. I think we lost to Philadelphia on a Monday night, but we beat – uh, the Giants on the road. We beat Washington at home, and I believe Arizona on the road. And so we were three and one in ahead of of everybody in the uh, the division. They still had to play. Like I remember Washington complaining at the end of that year because they had the same schedule we had in the beginning of the year, and they thought it was unfair. But Much nobody like said, this year. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, nobody thought nothing about that when we were playing it. But we started off, and we we won a lot of games early. And so we will allow some slippage somewhere down in it. I think we were like eight and one at the yeah. half point, or so, you know, at the halfway point. And we took care of our business. And it was all new to us. Every week was a new experience for yes, us. Yes, it was. So we didn't know any better, to be honest. Yeah. Well, the opportunity to take care of business is right in front of the Cowboys this week with the Commanders. The number two seed, a, a chance for a couple of home playoff games is on the line. That does it for us here at the SWBC Mortgage Cowboys Crosstalk. Thank you to Kyle Yeomans from DallasCowboys.com, Nate Newton, and our Cowboys legend this evening, Tony Tolbert. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Cowboys and the Commanders this Sunday in Washington. We will talk to you guys again next week. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!